Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I feel like uh, because of the addition of the grad transfers, with the progress of the offensive line, you know, I think we're, we're, we're probably a little bit ahead of, of what I was expecting. But now they've got to turn it into performance. And that's what I told them earlier this week, that uh, this game is, is not about potential. It's about performance. So we've got to go out and we've got to perform on Saturday. That was Virginia head coach Tony Elliott, who held his first press conference ahead of a game on Tuesday. Welcome to a new episode of the Good O Podcast. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoos 24-7. And you heard from Tony Elliott. He says this team is ahead of what he expected prior to that first game. Virginia will kick off its season against Richmond on Saturday at Scott Stadium. And Elliott, like I said, held his press conference on Tuesday, kicking off the Elliott era full throttle this week. So Elliott spoke to the media for about 25 minutes in his first pregame press conference. So big news coming out of it was obviously the first depth chart that Virginia released. So let's take a look at the depth chart because that's where a lot of the news came from. This was our first opportunity to see where those position battles ended up before that first game. Um, obviously, if you look at the at the depth chart, you're going to see a few guys not mentioned on there that maybe some of us expected, uh, like Devin Chandler and Demick Starling. Demick Starlings are not in the wide receiver too deep. Um, Sean Moore and Luke Wentz are in that too deep. Um, obviously, the likely personnels of Lavelle Davis, Keaton Thompson, Billy Kemp, Dontavious Wicks, those guys did make it, and we expected those guys to make it. So in the other key group that everyone wanted to know is who's those starting offensive linemen. And when you look at Virginia's starting offensive linemen, you notice that these are the same guys that lighted, lined up with the ones towards the end of last week during practice. If you were a subscriber to Wahoo's 24-7, you saw that we were seeing this lineup quite frequently in the last open practices that they had with the media. At left tackle is first-year lineman Mikhail Boley. He's replacing Jonathan Leach, who is not available for this game. Then at left guard is John Paul Flores, the grand transfer coming in from Dartmouth. At center is Ty Furnish. Honestly, this was expected. He was the most consistent guy in the O-line during fall camp. When others were coming in and out and rotating, he was the one that kind of was cemented in that position. So that is not surprising at all. Right guard is Derek Devine, and at right tackle is Logan Taylor. I know some of you have asked me why Noah Josie was not among those on the first team. 
And what I have said repeatedly is that Noah Josie is seen as a guard. So I, I understand why he's behind John Paul Flores. So with Mikhail Boley, I think what you're seeing is a guy who earned his his position. And actually, you know, we asked Tony Elliott what he's seen from Mikhail Boley. And honestly, even Brennan Armstrong said that he was been impressed by Boley. So let's actually hear from both of them. Um, I asked Brennan Armstrong his thoughts on the offensive line and on Boley earning his starting lineup. So here it is. I'm right with Coach E. Like, you know, you never know how those guys are going to adapt. And, you know, they've gotten a lot of reps. You know, the big thing for us was, you know, trying to get a solid five out there, uh, consistently playing with each other and, uh, you know, building that chemistry. Uh, and Mikhail's out there right now, um, and he's doing a great job. You know, I remember Coach E challenged him uh, in practice uh, yesterday. You know, you ain't no freshman anymore. Like, you're out here playing. And this is, I mean, apparently this should have been one of your dreams, you know, coming in and starting as a freshman. You've got the opportunity to do it. And so, you know, for Mikhail, just taking advantage of, taking advantage of it, um, you know, he's probably busy with classes being a first year, but, you know, we also got to get football and, you know, get extra time in with football. So made it, that was a big point for us, um, you know, Coach E too, just talking with a lot of guys like, you know, you know, I know classes are going, but you got to find time for more football. Him to even be in the position to be the next guy up. Uh, got the, he comes from a pedigree. His dad was a, was a college football player, played in the NFL. Uh, so he has that, that background. He came in with, with good size, um, still could improve from a strength standpoint, but he has the functional strength, and uh, he's big, he's athletic, um, and it didn't, it didn't seem to overwhelm him, which allowed him to be able to perform to give us the confidence to say, you know what, if Leach is down uh, for the game, then he's going to be the first one to run out there. Uh, so I'm excited for him and his opportunity. And uh, Jim let me know that this is the first uh, first freshman tackle that's uh, started uh, since a since a really good one uh, started uh, as a true freshman. So not gonna put that on him, but that is that is a you know that's a special that's a special accomplishment to be in that situation. Now to clarify what Tony Elliott just said, this was the this is going to be the first true freshman to start an opener since Dukrikashaw Ferguson. Um, obviously, uh, Mark Moses and Eric Smith were starting uh, towards the end of their respective freshman years. I believe Eric Smith was about halfway through that season where he started uh, for Virginia. So this is the first time a true freshman is starting in the season opener since Ferguson. So this is a big deal. Um, Mikhail struggled a little bit with an injury early on at fall camp, but then made his way in that starting lineup. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he handles it. It's a good game to see how this offensive lineman handles Richmond. Um, so that was the biggest news. And obviously when you look at this offensive line, a lot of the guys are saying that they're confident in this group. Uh, Brendan Armstrong just said that he, he thinks this O-line is ahead of where they expected. And that's something that Elliot said as well. And I think one of the biggest position battles that we saw was at center, but ended up not being such a big battle. And Elliot said during his press conference that they honestly thought Justice, Justice Johnson was going to be their guy at center. And they were pushing Justice to that role. But then Ty Furnish kind of cemented that position in fall and kind of took it himself. And they realized that Justice might be a better fit at guard. So right now, Justice is backing up uh, Ty Furnish, but he also says that they're working John Paul Flores at center in to see as a, a backup. And we actually saw that during last week's practice 
when John Paul Flores was taking reps with the ones when T Ty Furnish wasn't at practice. So we've seen that they are, if this scenario is different and imagine if Jonathan Leach is there, it looks like John Paul, maybe Noah Josie goes in at guard and John Paul Flores will move to center. So you can kind of see what the ones and the twos might look like if, you know, Jonathan Leach is back or what happens if Ty Furnish can't go, then you have Flores at center, Noah Josie at guard and Jonathan Leaf at tackle. So you can see the moving pieces of what the line will look like if certain things were to happen. Um, and when you look at Ty Furnish's progression, I know a lot of people have talked about how a little bit he might be undersized, but he is he has shown development and the staff feels like he's gotten stronger and is prepared for that role this season. And Brendan has been a huge fan of what Furnish has done. And obviously, if you want one guy on your team to be happy with a center, you want it to be the quarterback. Here's what Brendan had to say about Ty Furnish. Has, you know, made tremendous jumps compared to what we actually thought or, you know, how we were going to expect things would go, um, especially with Ty. You know, Ty's a smart player. you got to have your center to be smart. Um, me and him have me and him have started developing, you know, a really good communication with just protection calls and things like that. You know, what he's saying, what I'm seeing, um, and just the cadence. You know, so he's got to be. You know, we're able to do different things with our cadences. Uh, you know, he's a smart dude, and he's actually became a long way. Um, and I'm excited. Um, and also just a, just under center snaps, working on those too. So uh, we've got to know each other pretty well. Yeah. So that is your first team O-line for the game against Richmond. So what other position battles did we witness during fall camp? And we kind of get a better idea what what went on at tight end. We kind of figured it was going to be Grant Mish and Sackett Wood. This kind of confirms it, that there are the one and two um, at that position. And then, again, at running back, although – you know, Mike Collins has been challenged a lot in the fall camp, and there might have been some indication that he might be able to get first team on the depth chart. Paris Jones was the overwhelming guy that the staff said was if they picked, was name a day, they would say Paris Jones would be it. Paris Jones cemented that first slot. And again, the staff isn't saying that Mike Collins won't get any handoffs here or won't have chance to run the ball. They've been saying that they want to run the ball by committee. So you're going to see Mike Collins in the game. Um, you've been, we've been seeing that whenever we had the opportunity to watch even a scrimmage. Mike Collins was able to get the ball. So I expect Paris Jones and Mike Collins to feature against Richmond. And when Ronnie Walker is back, I expect Ronnie Walker to finish to also um, add his runs to the running game as well. So it'll be interesting to see actually when Ronnie Walker is healthy because he was the one that the Virginia staff was the most excited about see how those reps are divvied up between those three. Um, but obviously right now it looks like Paris Jones is one. Mike Hollins is two. So we broke down all the big news from the offensive side of the ball. That was kind of the big storyline from Tony Elliott's press conference. But there's actually some big news on the defensive side. So after the break, we'll break down the defensive side of the ball and what the depth chart looks there. So we'll be back in just a few seconds to break down that side of the ball. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. 
That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We got a chip on our shoulder, big time, and uh, we we got something that we want to prove, and we just want to go out there and play together and play confident with each other. But at the end of the day, we we know where we stand, and we still want to go out there and be a good defense, which we know we can do. That was defensive back Darius Bratton for Virginia. He is playing the field safety role um, at on John Radziski's defense, probably one of the most important roles on Coach Rudd's defense. Hi, I'm Jack Franchilli for a while. It's 24-7, and we're back breaking down the biggest headlines from Tony Elliott's first pre-game press conference of his career as Virginia's head coach. So we talked a lot about what the offensive depth chart looks like, and you heard from Bratton, the defense is playing with chip on their shoulders, but how many of those guys from last season are in the too too deep this season. So let's take a look at the depth chart on the defensive side of the ball. So again, a lot of the things that we're seeing on the depth chart was, was it remarkable because we were seeing this during fall camp, especially, you know, from the first team defensive line, when you see Cam Butler um, during uh, with the ones, we see Jameer Carter with the ones, you see Aaron Famui with the ones. And you see Chico Bennett with the ones. That was something that we expected. Um, in the twos, even that was a mind-blowing. We expected a lot of these guys like Paul Keir, Devontae Davis, um, o- although Ola uh, is also, and Ola Angulue is also in that too deep. It's Devontae Davis or him. Um, so that is new. That's something that we didn't expect as much. I didn't see him much in the too deep when the media was available, but we did see Devontae Davis when he was healthy out there. You have him there, Ben Smiley on the two deep. I would be really shocked if he wasn't there considering all the praise he was getting uh, from this staff. And then Jack Camper at Bandit. Now, that one was a little surprising considering that we saw Mike Green a lot in that position. But at the same time, not as surprising because Jack Camper was also dealing with a injury early on in fall camp. He was wearing a green jersey in certain of those camps. And we saw him come in and rotate more and more and more on the D-line. So it's not too surprising when you consider that they were really high on the potential of Jack Camper, uh, the transfer coming in from Michigan State. So I could see that this was a possibility. 
Um, so although many expected Mike Green at that position, it doesn't shock me that Jack Camper got in the two deep. So that is your defensive line. When you look at the linebacker linebacker group, you obviously expect Nick Jackson at Mike, but you also expected Josh Ahern at the wheel linebacker spot, and we find James Jackson in that position. Now, the reason why Josh Ahern is behind Nick Jackson and not at the wheel side-by-side side with Nick Jackson is because he has to sit out the first half against Richmond. Why does he have to sit out the first half against Richmond? Because he got a targeting call against Virginia Tech last season. He wasn't able to sit out the game in the bowl game, so he has to sit out the first half of this game. The, the ACC uh, officials in the office gave that decision to Virginia just recently. So that's why Josh Ahorn is not number one at the will position. So James Jackson, a guy that has received a lot of praise, is at that number one position at will, followed by Hunter Stewart, and then in the second, in the two deep, in the will, it's Hunter Stewart or Deshaun Perry. Now, you have guys heard me have my spiel about Deshaun Perry last season, especially when I always voiced that he was playing out of position. Will position is his natural position. So it doesn't shock me that he has moved up the depth chart. And I would not be shocked if he is going to feature more heavily this season. I can see Deshaun Perry being one of those linebackers to rotate in several times for Virginia. Virginia. So he is one that will feature this year. Um, and then when you look at the secondary, again, most of these names are names that we already figured would, would come in for Virginia. Um, Fincherl Cypress, Anthony Johnson, Darius Bratton, Lex Long, and Jonas Sanker are your number ones. And then your twos are Elijah Gaines, Jalen Jalen Baker, Chase Chalmers, Donovan Johnson, and Antonio Clary. Now, honestly, in that strong safety spot, that is probably the one that jumps out at you because you have Sanker over Clary. Now, Clary has been dealing with a shoulder injury for the last two weeks, which is why most of the time when we were available to watch practice, he was wearing a green jersey. So that means no contact. So they weren't able to evaluate where he is. And you know, at the same time, this is Richmond, so you don't want to um, push guys if they're not ready to come back. So he is on the two deep. That's going to be an interesting position battle moving forward. It looks like the staff is also high on Sanker and his ability. He had a shoulder injury in the first half of fall camp, while Clary had a shoulder injury towards the second half of fall camp. Um, and I expect there's going to be some movement in the secondary. You know, they it, it's it's a group that is going to have five guys on the field. So I expect some rotation there. They're going to want to have some guys specialize in certain positions, but if something's not working, I imagine there's going to be some rotation here. So that is one position that we're going to have to take a look at as the season progresses, because this is obviously the, the biggest part of John of coach Rudd's defense that is different for this team is how the secondary looks. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they adapt and how the Virginia staffs adapts moving forward on their personnel. So these are, this was the biggest story from Tony Ellis takeaway. Obviously there was a lot of conversation about his first game as a head coach a first game at Virginia, talking about the fan experience. Obviously they're bringing back the Wahoo walk. That's something that they want to have more fan engagement coming in. And even a lot of the, the players were discussing how they're expecting a lot more buzz in the year. There's more buildup. There's more excitement. There's a new head coach in town. 
you know, a lot more expectations from the year because there's a lot of returners. When you look at the offense, and I named the quite a number of returners from last year of that record-breaking offense, there's a lot of buzz around that. On the defensive side, there's hope and expectation that this defense is better than it was last year. And if we look at the talent level, we should expect some differences. If you look at the talent level, you look at how they were able to reinforce the defensive line. If from earlier podcasts, you know that I'm really high on that defensive front. And you see the two deep, you can see why I'm a little high on this defensive front. And Chico Bennett said he wanted to bring chaos this year. That's a type of energy that the defense lacked mostly last year. They didn't give that pressure up front that was needed, which is why a lot of things fired out of control. When you're not pushing up front, you're leaving a lot for your secondary to handle. If you're not pressuring the quarterback, you're you're, you're causing some issues down the way. So there's going to be um, some interesting notes to follow in Richmond, how things look. But those are the biggest takeaways. And like I said, this is the first home game for Virginia under Tony Elliott. And there's a lot of buzz around the program. That's something that the players were talking about. And they hope for fans to show up. That was one thing they said. Obviously, with COVID and the pandemic, there hasn't been a lot of fans in the stands. And Virginia's had a pretty decent record at home at Scott Stadium um, the last few years under Bronco. Although they didn't have the best records on the road, under Bronco Mendenhall's tenure, they made Scott Stadium a tough place to play. So that is something that they hope to continue. And actually, that was the one thing they all discussed was what they hope for the first home game of the season, their expectation for the crowd, but also their expectation themselves. Darius Branton and Brendan Armstrong are obviously two veterans on this team coming this year, this will be their last year in Virginia colors. They're also the group, the seniors, the veterans that will kind of start Tony Elliott's tenure. So they want to leave a mark. They want to help Tony Elliott move forward. So here is Elliott, Bratton, and Armstrong talking about the importance of home field advantage and why they need to start well with Tony Elliott's tenure. Before you can go on the road and consider yourself a road warrior, I mean, you got to defend your home turf. And you got to take pride in that, and, and that's where it starts. And then also, you know, the, you, you have a responsibility, responsibility of those that came before you to defend uh, the home turf. Uh, so that's, that's where it starts. And, and, and I believe uh, that, that at Scott Stadium, we can create, you know, the most difficult place for other teams to play uh, in the ACC. I've seen just in, in, in brief glimpses going out there with the, the first years, the class of uh, 26, and the amount of noise that they made, it just themselves, uh, lets you know that, that, that we can create an environment in Scott Stadium that is a lot of fun for the guys, that just fuels that desire to defend it, uh, but then also makes it a difficult place uh, for opponents to, to come in. And so it starts with defending your home turf before you can be ready to, to go on the road and, and uh, be victorious. I mean, there's a lot of buzz around our team with Coach E, um, just the team coming back, uh, most of the guys coming back. Uh, we're going to find out, and then I can tell you after that, say we want more noise, want more people or not. But I, I really, truly do think that uh, a lot of people are going to be coming out. I think they're excited for us. Build-up is, is real important for us. We feel the build-up build and the excitement for our defense and for the whole team. And it's just very exciting for our team, and we're just ready to go out to play the first game. The seniors sat down um, and just talked about team goals, like bottom line, first game win. 
uh, we, we have multiple goals throughout, but our first goal as a team, focus on this first game, win it. You know, like that's a great start to the season, great start to, you know, Coach uh, Elliott's uh, career here. Um, I mean, what? Yeah, it's, there's, no other, there's no other option besides win the game. What a way to end this episode. I don't think I could have said it better myself. Brendan Armstrong with the, you just have to go out there and win. That's the only option they have to start Tony Elliott's tenure right in Charlottesville. So like I said in earlier episodes, our podcast schedule is going to adjust to the season. As you can see on Wednesdays, we will have a recap of Tony Elliott's press conference every Wednesday. And then on Thursday, we will have a game preview, some more specific game preview looking ahead to the next opponent. So in this case, Richmond on Thursday. So we will have a guest for tomorrow's episode to break down the game. And then we will have a third episode available on Monday morning where we will be breaking down the previous game and what worked, what didn't work, and what are the expectations moving forward. So when we don't have a midweek game, because obviously that will adjust a little bit for Friday and Thursday night games or against Syracuse and Georgia Tech, respectively, the scheduled podcast episode will be Wednesday, Tony Elliott recap. Then it'll be Thursday game preview and then Monday game recap talking about the previous games. And then we'll also have bonus episodes here and there. If there's a big recruiting weekend we want to highlight, we will bring in our recruiting analysts. We also break down that. If there's breaking news, we'll have breaking news podcasts. We'll also have those features like for the Love of the Game series. Those will still continue, but those won't have a fixed day. So if you like what you're hearing, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to our podcast for wherever you listen to your episodes. Why don't you go ahead and head over to Spotify and Apple and Rate us and leave us a review. I really appreciate it. And again, we will see you right back here on Thursday with a game preview to Richmond. So for right now, I hope you guys have a good rest to your Wednesday. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+.